Wellness Force Radio. Feelings are essential, but they can't dictate our actions. We literally infect each other with our emotions. We came here for a special purpose. Let the purpose unveil itself. Knowing without doing is the same thing as not knowing. They're not just trackers. I'm going to wear this and it's going to help me do the right thing. Wellness Force Radio, episode 79, with spiritual life and business coach and CEO of Money and Miracles Breakthrough, Ryan Yukomi. I realized I have choice. I realized I'm not stuck. And that life is not predicated on luck. It's not predicated on good genes. I have a choice. And I can create my life and I can create my body and I can create my happiness however I choose to. I believe the first step to change is responsibility. As you grow and expand, your emotions start to catch up with you and they're like, oh, but what do I do with my boss that I hate? And this job I really don't like. And my relationship that's causing me so much conflict where I feel I can't express myself. Or my health where I'm just not feeling great the way my body is is feeling inside these clothes right now. And all of the resistance and all of the stuff comes up that you haven't dealt with in years. Welcome back to another episode, my friend. I am your host and wellness coach, Josh Trent. Thank you for spending your time with me here on the podcast. This is where every week, I bring you access to global experts in wellness, technology, and behavior change. On this podcast, you'll learn from exceptional people who are dedicating their lives to driving real transformations in physical and emotional wellness. My intention with the show is that together, we'll discover the connections between your emotions and healthy habits to live your best life and enjoy the process. This episode is brought to you by Perfect Supplements, a company I'm honored to stand with, who walks the talk with their values of non-GMO, pesticide-free, real food supplements that support us all on the wellness journey. Hop on over to perfectsupplements.com slash wellnessforce, enter code wellnessforce to save 10% off your entire order at checkout. I am so excited for you to listen to this conversation with my good buddy, Ryan Yukomi. It's pretty obvious that for us to have meaningful wellness, we get to fill our cups for our body, mind, and soul. But where and how does money plug into this life's equation? How does our relationship with money give us wellness or take wellness away? It's something that people deal with a lot. We all know that we're here on planet Earth in this society, and we have to make money in order to make a living. But what does it look like for us when we get in the money flow? How do we get into that flow? And what are the belief sets and lifestyle habits that we must have to just live and operate from that flow. Well, Ryan's going to share that and much more. We're going to talk about utilizing your intuition and confidence, untangle the people-pleasing attributes that plague many of us, liberating your emotional stress, releasing fear and limiting beliefs, whether you're a health and wellness professional or an advocate. Balancing spirituality and money can sometimes be a bit of a challenge without the right mindset. Well, Ryan's going to shed light and clarity for us through an inner map guidance system he's developed for incredible transformation to create more meaningful careers and loving relationships. This episode episode is for you if you're interested in growing your relationship with money and how to create sustainable behavior change around attracting more finances into your life. A little bit more about Ryan. He is an internationally recognized expert in the field of personal transformation. He's the CEO of Money and Miracles Breakthrough Coaching and the co-founder of the 12-week Soulful Money Masterclass. He uses a specific process to help people overcome their insecurities and procrastination to unlock unlimited courage that resides deep within. Ryan is such an energetic and fun guy. You're going to love the words that he says, but you're also going to feel his intention as well. He's a triathlete. He's helped hundreds of people reach five and six figure incomes working through his mentorship. Let's jump into this awesome conversation with Ryan Yukomi. 
Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me. Man, so excited to talk about something we have not dove into yet on Wellness Force Radio, and that is money and beliefs. So you have been, as I talked about in your bio, a coach for years. You're a spiritual life and business coach. But tell us, man, what's something fun that most people might not know about you? <laughs> oh, geez. Well, so we're going to Maui next week. We are just talking about this before we started, and I'm super excited. And one of the things I love is nature. I love getting in nature. I love, you know, being out in the ocean. I love being in the forest. I love being by the beach. And um, I, I love adventures. I think you and I can both agree. So I have this fetish with backpacks. I love backpacks. And so we went and bought a new backpack yesterday. And I felt like a six-year-old going into the store because they had tons of them. There's this, this hiking store that we go to. And uh, we we're going around. And uh, my partner, Chris, she has, uh, I call it a stationary fetish. She loves to go to stationery stores and get the new journal and the new pen and everything. And I have this like thing for backpacks. So <laughs> something fun about me is um, I love backpacks and I love crystals. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a ton of videos. There's over 200 videos of you on YouTube. A lot of them talk about money. You do have some really cool ones, though, that dive into spirituality. So people experience you, Ryan. I've experienced you since I came across your work, man. This is a cool story. I was on Facebook one day. I think it was six months ago. And one of my friends, Bonnie Kelly, we were both on her summit. She's actually been on the show talking about her story. And I just liked your vibe. I liked your energy. But then once I found out what you did and how you serve people, I knew right away, I was like, Ryan gets to come on Wellness Force Radio and talk about money because today I'm going to share some things about my life and maybe even get some quasi coaching from you on the show. <laughs> we can figure that out as we go along. But I want to just kind of dive into what you believe money is as a coach that deals with money. I mean, what's your definition of money? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, first of all, like, thanks for having me, Josh. This is an honor to be here, of course. So to me, money's energy. Everything is energy. It, it doesn't matter if it's something you can see or something you can't see, but every single thing is energy. So money is just an exchange of energy between two people. It's, you know, of course, it, we, were, we were just talking the other day, a friend of mine, and we were saying, how isn't it weird how pretty much almost nobody uses cash anymore, paper money or coins? I mean, most, I most of the, yeah. I don't either, yeah. right? Most of the, I, I'm always, you know, a uh, 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 Visa or MasterCard or, you know, debit card. It's like, I don't carry cash around with me and I just don't have a need for it anymore. But 10 years ago I did. And if you go like all the way back, it's like, we used to exchange cattle. We used to exchange farm animals in, in a form or a currency of money. So money is just an exchange of energy back and forth between two people. Um, where people come into a challenge with it is when they do not have a healthy relationship with money. And that's where we usually deflect it. So as far as like how I define money, to me, it's just energy. I love how you said that because we're going to touch on these really powerful beliefs you formulated in coaching. It's these five beliefs about how to get people into the flow. You know, a lot of what we talk about on the show, Ryan, is behavior change. And part of that is actually feeling what the flow is. Has there been a certain person or a certain event that's really shaped the way that you step into your flow? I mean, how does Ryan drop into flow as a coach and as someone who's on the path? Yeah, it really started uh, back in 2006 when I got my first mentor. His name, uh, you may know him, his name's John Asraf. So I worked with him and he helped me for about three years. And then, you know, now I work with my incredible coach. Her name's Ann Sullivan. And they both helped me with different things. Because here's, here's the deal that everyone forgets is that we're a three-part being in one. So we're mind, body, and soul. And I know that you just did the 10-day Vipassana meditation. Like, <laughs> talk about embracing that, right? Yeah. Um, but people forget that it's like 
they, they, we run into a challenge because there are three different parts, but we're in one and they usually want different things. So it's about getting them all in alignment. Sometimes what your body wants, you know, when it wants to go for the ice cream or it wants to go for the cookies, you know, your mind might be telling you no or vice versa, or your soul might be telling you no, but your body's going, your biological chemicals are being released and you're like, ah, oh, but I want that cookie. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes there's that challenge of, of we got to get them all in alignment. So when you get them in alignment, that's when you start to get in flow when your body and your mind and your soul is all aligned. But here's, here's the deal with, with that. The hardest thing I personally believe to change is the mind because we have so many uncontrolled thoughts and, and kind of like by default, we'll go to fear. So we're just sort of hardwired for fear that, I mean, if you go all the way back, that's back in the day so we don't get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't, have that, we don't have that problem anymore. But now we're very addicted to worry. We're very addicted to doubts, uncertainty. And so the hardest thing that I believe is the mind. So the body, we can get into you know, physical shape. You can eat clean and whatnot and you know, obviously go into your emotions. And then the soul, everyone who's listening to this, yourself included, Josh, I mean, we pretty much know what we want out of life. We know what our soul is telling us intuitively. But the mind, oh, man, attitude, right? It's like, mm. let me work on that piece. Yeah. So, so that was the biggest thing that I had to work on that started to get me into flow. And the, and the hardest thing that I had a challenge with was two, two things. One was expressing myself and two was receiving so I grew up, um, obviously my last name's Yukomi, so I'm half Japanese. So my father's Japanese and my mother's, you know, Canadian. She's, I don't know, Caucasian. She's white <laughs> and uh, whatever you want to call it, right? And um, so I grew up in a really strict household where we really didn't talk about emotions. We didn't express them. And it wasn't that I grew up in a bad environment. My parents were very loving, but that was the culture. And so we would sit at the dinner table and we really wouldn't talk because it was considered rude in the Japanese culture. And so I grew up having a very hard time with that because like, you know, like we were talking about earlier, I'm a very curious person. Like I want to know why there's stars when I look up at night. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know why, you know, there's trees that are growing outside of my window right now. Like I want to know why some people have money and some people don't. And, you know, what's the difference between their mindsets? I, I, I'm always curious. And that curiosity kind of got me in trouble growing up because I would be curious and then, you know, I kind of got it shut down. And so what happened with me is uh, I would always get sore throats, like like consistently once or twice a month, I'd have like the worst sore throats. And I was always taking time off school. I was always sick. And it all comes, comes down. And what I learned later is that if you find yourself um, having a problem expressing who you truly are, expressing um, your truth, you'll block your throat chakra. And wow. then it will usually lead to disease of, you know, you're, you're actually getting a sore throat or strep throat. When did you make that connection? I mean, when did that connect for you? Oh, that, wasn't, that wasn't until like three or four years ago, hmm. not growing up at all. And so I couldn't, I couldn't figure this out and I, I, I would shut myself down. So I had a really hard time from that receiving um, the beauty and the miracles in life and receiving anything. And so, you know, I went through life and I actually was between the ages of, when was it? Grades four and five uh, are when I was being bullied a lot because I went into the school system and I just feel like I couldn't stand up for myself because I couldn't express myself because my throat chakra was so blocked. <sighs> and so I would get into school and you know I couldn't stand up for myself. I didn't know what to do. And so I just wouldn't say anything and then I got bullied quite a bit. And I remember in grade four being so um, connected to myself as far as like who I was and whatnot. And then grade five, I really shut everything down. And it was terrible. And uh, I did really poor in school and, and all these things were coming up for me. And so 
um, I had to go through this process of, of one, starting to learn how to be okay and feel safe to express myself. And two, starting to understand that um, I can receive other people. I can receive the gifts from the universe. I can receive money. And uh, that's what really started to change for me. That's how I started to get into flow. Wow, man. I'm, I'm going back to my childhood. I was an overweight kid. I got bullied a ton. I used food to numb out. So how would you say that you numbed out? Because a lot of people in our society, they don't want to change. There's this fear around change. And as a kid, I mean, we're doing the best we can, Ryan, right? You know, you're, you're eight years old, whether you're 12 years old, whatever it is, it's a little bit more challenging to push through the fear when you're a kid. But in our 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s, how would you say that you really transitioned into recognizing A, that you were doing something that was numbing you out, and then B, how did you work through that? So funny because what sometimes we'll do is we'll do the opposite. So what I did for a long time was avoid. So I was a total avoider. I was two things, avoider and a people pleaser. I don't know if there's anyone listening to this can relate. So I actually think that the number one disease in the world is people pleasing. I think we have a very hard time saying no to the things we want to say no to and yes to the things we want to say yes to. And so I had to learn that lesson. So anyways, my, my avoidance um, got to this point where I'd had, I'd had enough and I wanted to be seen. So what I ended up doing is going out and wearing this superficial mask of being the overachiever. So I actually went out and started creating success in business because I was so wounded of not being seen that I didn't want people, people to see me in that way. So I became addicted to exercise. Um, I became addicted to doing uh, triathlons and marathons and performing really well in them, and then as well as business. So I wanted to perform well at every single thing I did. But here's the thing with that. Our society has this deal that we should always be in peak performance, right? Like we should, yeah. uh, when I used to train for triathlons, you know, you, you train for, you know, whatever, 12 weeks and then you taper before the race, right? So you ease up on the training so you can peak on race day. So you're in peak performance. And that's kind of what our society expects. They, they expect us to be 10 out of 10s. And I think if, if we come into our relationships or if we come into the way we look at ourselves and go, well, this is the amount of money I'm making. I should be further ahead or, you know, I'm not where I want to be. I think we shame ourselves because we're not in this sort of peak performance state and we judge you know, where we're at. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I went, okay, let me, let me figure this out. If I want to be loved, like if I want to receive the love that I felt I didn't get growing up, then I better be at peak performance state to get that. So for me, it became this addiction to, to become super successful in business. And I did that through network marketing. And that became my outlet to feel loved and feel received. When I was in the public eye, when I was promoting on social media, but behind the scenes, I really felt this like deep space of disconnection, like something was missing. I love how you're getting so personal, man. Thank you for this, because one of the things you talked about in the video was this story of being not good enough, which then created guilt, which then created frustration or anger. And then you were taking action from a place of fear. Can you talk about this? Because I think this is something where people might see on the outside and not just not just entrepreneurs. All people, CEOs, successful people on your block that have two cars or whatever it might be. What we see on the outside is not really always what the story is on the inside. Can you talk about this path of guilt and then frustration and taking action from place of fear instead of love and joy? Well, I'll tell you what's funny is the internet's an interesting place because I, I believe it's very superficial on a lot of levels, but it's also an incredible tool because it allows us to connect with people globally that we've never been able to before. But my biggest fear, Josh, is that I would be exposed. 
So if I had to go to an event or if I had to meet a, someone in person, you know, a client or a teammate or whoever, my biggest fear is that I would not live up to the expectations of who they thought I was. So my fear was that they would judge me or they would not like me or they wouldn't love me as much. So I poured a lot of energy into keeping up this persona. And then when it came to actually meeting people, all my insecurities would come up. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh my gosh, talk about like not a fun life, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like not a fun life. That's an a lot exhaust- of stress. Yeah. An exhausting life. Yeah. But now it's like, I don't give a shit. I'm so, I feel so free. And I always tell people when you know who you are and you know yourself and you're comfortable in that, you can go anywhere, you can do anything because you don't have to be someone you're not. You can just show up as you. And it's so liberating and it's so freeing. And I've done a lot of work to reach that place in my life now. But back then when, when my life was, was in deep states of fear, there was, always, um, there was always this idea of somehow I'm going to be exposed. So in that place of being exposed then, what do you take the action from? How did you transition from fear to love and abundance? What did that look like? You know, I just had a few mental breakdowns. <laughs> <laughs> just a quarter life crisis. <laughs> just had a couple. I had one big uh, moment of killing myself. That was a that was really my my rude awakening moment when I was standing on top of a br- bridge when I had this like epiphany that I've I've never experienced before, and I'll never forget that moment. I'll cherish that moment. Um, so I know what that feeling's like when I work with people who are going through a lot of emotional pain around uh, whether it be their diet or the way they feel about themselves or where they look in the mirror. Um, but yeah, I had I had had moments in my life where you know, you just, you feel super hopeless mm-hmm. and you're like, what is, what is the point? What is all of this about? And I think that goes back to the, the attitude, the mindset pieces is, is sometimes shit hits the fan before the miracle. You know, sometimes the trauma or the terrible experiences in your life are actually the best things that are happening to you because they're showing you where you can heal and do work on yourself to be able to move forward from that. So sometimes we'll go like, you know, for me, I, I started to kind of like wake up when I was about 20, 26, 25. But up until that point, I was pretty much autopilot. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was working in construction. I started working construction when I was 20 uh, with my own business. And, and then 26 came and I was like, there's got to be something better than this. And that's when I started sort of to wake up. And then here's, here's the challenge with, um, you know, if you want to get into money flow or you want to change your life, you want to up level it. Anytime you raise the bar, Josh, I mean, you, you can agree with this. Things we haven't dealt with come to the surface. Yeah. It's like all of our shit, like you do a 10 day meditation retreat, all of your shit's going to come up, right? Absolutely. If you're like, Absolutely. if you're like, I'm going to lose 50 pounds, guarantee you you're going to have shit come up. It doesn't matter what you do. If you go, I want to go increase my income by double or triple, you are going to have to face yourself. So that's why I say money's energy, because if you go back to like getting over your own stuff, you literally just have to get comfortable. And this is a paradox. You have to get comfortable, but there's always going to be love. And there's always going to be fear. And they're both present. And so it's not about getting rid of one and replacing it with the other. It's about going, okay, cool. I, I feel some fear. I'm okay with that. See, the, the challenge with emotions is that what I used to do is try to push it away. Like I didn't want to, I didn't want to deal with that, right? And I didn't want to deal with mm-hmm. the fear. I didn't want to deal with the procrastination, procrastination. I didn't want to deal with this freaking bump on my nose that I was born with that I'm insecure about, right? I didn't want to deal with with me being skinny and called skinny most of my life and I should put on weight. I didn't want to deal with how I felt when people would say those things to me. And as soon as I decided to go into them and it was not easy at first, I'm not saying this work is easy, but as soon as I did, I was able to process, I was able to grieve. I was able to release that part of myself and start to own it. 
And then once you own, like, if you want to know if you have insecurities with something, just, just stand in front of the mirror naked. You know, you'll know if you love yourself mm-hmm. or you don't. You'll know the parts of yourself that you judge yourself. And from there, you start to own it and you're like, you know what? I'm imperfect and I'm perfect and it's all good. <laughs> oh, I love that, man. And that's, I say this all the time uh, with clients and then just in my life to people I care about. It's the practice of being perfectly imperfect all the yeah. time. And you yeah. and I talked about this actually before we recorded, just how do we get into this space of joy and abundance where we're putting out a vibration that attracts people, that attracts mm. money, that attracts fun, that attracts joy, that gives us all the things that we want. But I guess the real kind of catch 22 on this point is that the be, do, have is really the mindset. That's what I got from training, you know, being this person. Well, what does a person do that makes a million dollars a year? Okay. Well, they be a certain way first. You know, we're not going to have the happiness when we have the money. We get to be happy first. When did you come across this type of mindset and how did you galvanize this thinking of the be, then the do, and then the have? Yeah, I love that. Be, do, have is so great, you know, because you get to think we create through our thoughts, words, or actions. So here's the challenge with the be, do, have is when it comes to money, money specifically, okay? So most people have a really hard time believing that it's possible to change their money story because it's so deeply ingrained. And it usually, the, like most of our beliefs are created under the age of 10. What I've found with clients, um, usually it's like between the age of seven or eight. And it's usually if your parents had negative or limiting beliefs around money, then you will too, like 100% until you change mm-hmm. it. Now, the thing with that is sometimes it's, you know, what they said to you with money, but sometimes it's something you heard or the behavior that your parents modeled that you just watched and witnessed. Sometimes you'll pick up beliefs based on that. It also runs really deep because it's ancestral. So there's tribal beliefs that go even deeper from your grandparents, your great grandparents, way up the lineage. So not all the beliefs that you created in, in this lifetime are yours. Some of them are passed down through DNA. Um, so going back to the B do have. Here's the challenge with the bead you have when it comes to money is most people have such a deep cultural belief of lack that it's very hard to change. So there isn't enough money. There isn't enough time. There isn't enough resources. Everything's lack. But the universe is abundant. So it's actually our, our cultural belief of us thinking it's lack that's recreating this illusion of lack in the world. So the best way to do it is to actually reverse it. Okay, so instead of the bead you have, Start to, to believe you already have it, and then it will change the way you are starting to uh, do things, and then you'll start to become a different person, specifically mm-hmm. for money. Because if you start to be this different person, most, most of the times your subconscious won't believe it when it comes to money because the, because the beliefs are like so deeply ingrained, Josh. So if you flip yeah. it, and, and so you can ask yourself this question. If you were already earning the money that you really desire, if you already have that in your life, how would you feel? And start to practice in that space. So you st- and then you start to take action from that space. Do you feel like the reason people don't change? What's coming up for me is the thought of telling ourselves that we already are wealthy, energetically, financially, whatever it is. The ego might come up in that moment and say, no, you're not, you little punk. You're just saying this stuff. Don't try to fake it till you make it. How do we silence the ego in that moment? Yeah. So it's about the essence. So when it comes to money, you want to tap in, not the money. Because people will say, uh, you know, I don't know what it is, uh, Josh, but the, the golden number with a lot of people, most people um, is like 10000 a month. They want to hit 10000 a month because they think that's going to give them everything they want in life mm-hmm. for, that, for that amount of income, right? That will like, 
you know, they don't have to think about money. They pay all their bills. They can travel and do all that stuff. Um, you know, with my coaching business, I brought it up to, you know, $10,000 a month in the first five months. And, you know, I can, I can tell you guys, and this is from me like living this, um, you know, when you step into that, that space, yeah, you're going to have the ego come up. You're going to have all this stuff come up. But I knew I was going to create that before I created it. I was already, I was already in my mind believing that it already had happened. So the ego would creep in if you just focus on $10,000 a month or you focus on, I want to get that new car or that new house, whatever. How you tap into a deeper space of magnetizing money into your life is you focus on the essence. So you focus on the feeling the money will give you if you had that or those things now. So if you went out there and let's say increased your income and you've got some cool stuff that you wanted, you're living on purpose, what's the essence? Would you feel more joy? Would you feel more happiness? Would you feel uh, more relaxed, less stress, more peace of mind? What's the essence you're after? Because you're not actually after the money, you're after a feeling. And the feeling you can give yourself right now, this second. And if you give yourself the feeling, and that's the having, you'll start to change what you do because you'll take the actions you'll come into will be different because you'll have a different feeling. You'll raise your vibration and then you'll become a different person in the process. And I'm seeing how in certain people's lives, my own included, there have been events that events, by the way, are neutral. We know this when we look at it from a very high level, but the subconscious doesn't know that. The subconscious doesn't know that events are neutral. The subconscious supplies anger and fear and hurt. When I was a kid, I'd love to share this too, because it relates to beliefs around money. When I was a kid, I was raised on welfare. So people that don't know, that's like Wheaties cereal and blocks of government cheese. And so, <laughs> and so we would get checks every two weeks and, you know, don't get me wrong. My mom did an amazing job. She was manic bipolar when we were kids and she did the absolute best she could with checks from the government. My dad left home when I was four months old. So when I was a kid, I had a lot of pressure and I had this belief that money equals pain. Money equals sadness. Money equals stress. Because that's all that anybody that I knew that was my parental example ever talked about. They just talked about money being the strain. Now, as life went on, my parents also grew, and I believe they have different relationships with money now. But it was hard, man, in that first, like you had said, one through 10 is where we shape our beliefs. Mm -hmm. What came up for me was the work I did in my early 30s was that not only did my parents do the best job that they actually could, but I started to see how I was using money as anger and fear for reasons that meant I couldn't ever have it. So by me on the outside saying, oh, I'm a coach and I work with people and I have this great business, but I wasn't making any money because on the inside, my deepest core, there was this wound of being this little kid and thinking, well, if I get money in my life, that means that I don't care about other people mm -hmm. because my dad was off making money and he left home to make money and, and do his life. And my mom was stressed out about money. So I'm saying this because anyone that's listening, Ryan is so correct. Like everything we go through in those first 10 years, I mean, it took me three decades to get through it. How did you overcome this, Ryan? I mean, with clients you work with and maybe yourself personally, like a story that I just told you, what do you do with a client to work with them and have them transcend that? Mm -hmm. Wait, just like what you said, you, you got to bring the story into the conversation, like bring it in and let's have a cup of tea. Like, let's have a coffee with your story, right? Like, let's see what's up. What's up with your story? And not yeah. shame it or not judge the story, but explore the story. 
Because there's a lot of wisdom there. It's like very similar. I grew up not feeling good enough. I, I have a, make no mistake, same thing. I have amazing parents. I'm going to Maui to celebrate my dad's 70th with our whole family in a week, and I'm super excited. It's just during that time frame, they were making um, sacrifices to be able to change their life. And that came at the cost of not having a lot of money and having stress in the family and all those things. Um, so, so going back to like, okay, so what do you do with that old story? Like if for any of you listening, if you have this story that, you know, you don't have enough money, money grows on trees, money's the root of all evil. If you heard those things growing up or, um, it's really hard to get ahead and, or, or, or this is a common one. Something always goes wrong when I have enough money, the car breaks down, there's an unexpected bill, right? Something comes up. Those are all just beliefs. They're, they're all beliefs. So what you want to do is you want to bring them in. You want to bring them into the conversation. You want to go, okay, great. So what's the feeling? This is the, this is the emotional part. And this will help everyone who wants to change their life um, health-wise as well. What's the feeling that you have? What are you feeling? I mean, I grew up where like, we did not talk about emotional education, neither in school nor at home. And so what's the feeling you're having? What's coming up for you? And then we process the feeling. We go into actually supporting them and being able to integrate and process and release because how do you heal shame? You expose it. You expose it. But what a lot of us do is we have all these insecurities and fears and these stories and we don't want to release them because we're so afraid people are going to judge us for it. So we just hold on to them and just wreak ha- wreaks havoc in our life, right? Absolutely. Just totally t- takes up a lot of energy. So it's bringing the story in and then making the unconscious conscious. So, okay, well, what story is running here? When did you create that story? How old were you? Who is there? What did you see? Do you remember a specific moment when you felt, you know, this relationship with money was kind of like crappy? You know, what, what happened in that moment? And then what's the story you developed? And then is that even your own story? Or is it your parents? Or is it your grandparents? And are you just living a life out from a story that was passed down to you? So what I'm hearing you say is it was a practice of awareness, not only for yourself, but for all the clients that you work with, you're taking them back home to what's really inside. And I want to give people something that they can really bite on. You had this awesome video. We're going to link it in the show notes today at wellnessforce.com slash money. And it's five really powerful, positive beliefs that get people into the money flow. The first one you talked about, Ryan, was meaning. You state that realize money is neutral. We humans are the ones that give it meaning and energy. Talk about that, man. Yeah, I, I want to say something quick about story. So, so here's a very important part. Once you create a void in the universe, the universe wants to fill it with something, right? It's kind of like if you're like driving on the highway and there's, there's, you're on a two-lane two lane road and you're in, the, you're in the slow lane, let's say, and there's a car in front of you. And let's say you st- take off the gas a little bit and you ease off. And it leaves a gap in between you and the car in front of you. What usually happens? Another car slides in between you guys, right? Like, because you created a void. So if you create a void with your story, so if you integrate and process all these old limiting fear beliefs, all this like, oh, this stuff around that's creating your bank account, it's creating your happiness, it's creating all these things. If you create a void around integrating and processing that story, you have to create a new story. You have to reinforce new beliefs because if you don't, I mean, this is cognitive dissonance 101. You'll just pull back and reinforce the old beliefs opposed to breaking through to the next level and creating a new belief. So if you have an old story, an old pattern running of like, you know, you don't have enough money and it's a struggle to get ahead, well, you have an abundant amount of money. Money flows to you easily and effortlessly. 
you, you are able to achieve your goals and dreams in the fastest way possible. Those are, I'm telling you guys beliefs. Those are beliefs. Mm-hmm. So you have to reinforce. And this is the attitude piece of the mind, body, soul. This is the mind. You have to reinforce on a daily basis new beliefs. And like what you said, Josh, it's all through awareness. And that becomes your new normal. And there's two ways that you can tell your life is changing. One, your life externally starts to change as far as where you live, the car you drive, the clothes you wear, the food you eat, the amount of money in your bank account. You see physical change. Two, people tell you you're different. Josh, you're more peaceful. Josh, you're you're so much more calm. You're way more confident. Oh my gosh, did you lose weight? People tell you you're different. That's how you can tell that life has changed. There's a third one I'll say really quick Mm. is how long you decide to stay in your story, your old (laughs) limiting story. You know, if it's like, ah, I'm such a victim and I'm so frustrated and you stay in there for like a few days and then it starts decreasing to a few hours, to a few minutes, to a few seconds, you can tell that you're spiritually growing. Thank you so much for including that, man, because what I'm thinking about is environment. You know, everything you're discussing when it comes to changing a belief, because at its core, you know, you mentioned this gap between the one car and one might pull in there. At the core of all beliefs, there's some discomfort in changing them. So when you designed your environment, when you met John Asaroff, when you networked, it was not easy in the beginning. I'm sure there was a couple of years when you started, like we all have where it's a little scarce and you're not sure where you're going. It's kind of like having your eyes closed in a room and like trying to find a door and then eventually you find it. What was that first two year period look like for you? And we'll definitely talk about these five beliefs, but I'm, I'm curious what in this moment yeah. here, when we talk about designing the environment, what was that like for you in the first couple of years? Oh, oh my gosh. It was, it was bliss. Like, have you ever watched a, a child have like ice cream for the first time or a chocolate bar? It's like, that's what I felt like. Like it was, it was like, oh my gosh, this is Christmas for the first time. Cause I was, I was, my consciousness was expanding so quickly. I was so excited. And so I, I just went into this learning mode. Like I, like I wanted more information, wanted more information, but what I was really doing was unlearning what I had been taught. And so, yeah, through that process though, you, you go through this, see, here's what happens. Here's what happened with me. I went through starting to awaken, being mentored by John, and my life just started to transform because he focuses so much on the mindset and the belief side of things and neuroscience. And so my life started to transform. What my biggest breakthrough came in this way. I realized I have choice. I realized I'm not stuck and that life is not predicated on luck. It's not predicated on good genes. I have a choice and I can create my life and I can create my body and I can create my happiness however I choose to. I believe the first step to change is responsibility. What happens with people is when they start to wake up and they go, oh my gosh, I can change my health. I can change my relationships. I can change this place I'm working at. They get really excited. Like It's like, oh my gosh, like it's bliss, right? It's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is amazing. I feel alive. That's what most people want money for is to feel alive. So anyways, I started feeling alive. And then what happens is Kind of like as you grow and expand, your emotions start to catch up with you and they're like, oh, but what do I do with my boss that I hate and this job I really don't like and my relationship that's causing me so much conflict where I feel I can't express myself or my health where I'm just not feeling great the way my body is is feeling inside these clothes right now. And all of the resistance and all of the stuff comes up that you haven't dealt with in years. And that's why I say you have to have someone, if it's a coach, if it's a mentor, if it's Josh, if it's this podcast, it's something where you can process and integrate all of the old stories and the old beliefs coming up so you can release them. 
and then you can reinforce the new beliefs. One of the biggest building blocks in our personal responsibility is the nutrition we give to ourselves. To give our bodies what they deserve and need, I've hand-selected three of my top superfoods from Perfect Supplements in a wellness bundle specifically designed for the Wellness Force Radio audience. Inside the bundle, you'll receive Rhodiola Rosea to elevate mood and calm stress, Prescript Assist Prebiotic and Probiotic to keep our guts healthy and squeaky clean, and 100% grass-fed hydrolyzed collagen for satiety, skin, and joint health health. You know, we've talked a lot about if you're on a paleo or a Weston A price diet, you're probably familiar with bone broth. Bone broth is that nutrient dense food because of the gelatin it's produced when you cook the bones. Well, gelatin is just cooked collagen. It's an abundant source of protein. It's included in the wellness bundle. Hop on over to perfectsupplements.com slash wellness force. Click on the wellness bundle and save 10% off your already heavily discounted package. Get some good health and save some money in the process. Let's get back to Ryan Yokomi. And there's a lot of people listening. They're maybe on the path to being aware first, right? They're in the place where they don't want to be and they're changing and they're thinking, well, it's easy for Ryan or it's easy for all these people that have these connections. But guess what? Like Ryan or anyone had to do a lot of work to make those connections happen. When we look at money and relationships and people and relationships, I feel like we do one thing and it ripples into how we do a lot of things. How did you build that relationship with John? How have you sought out people and money that are a really quality relationship for you that resonate highly with you? Yeah. Well, first of all, that's a great question. First of all, I made a decision. You have to decide you want to change your life. You have to, you have to reach a point where you actually decide. And I, re- I reached that point in 2006. So you probably saw the secret, right? So there was a secret convention happening. Not, not like nobody knew about it, but the secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just the old secret movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The secret convention came here to Vancouver and had like Jack Hanfield, John Asraf, and Lisa Nichols and all these great speakers. And I was just getting into personal development. So I'm like, I want to go. And I remember it was like, I don't know, 120 bucks a ticket. I didn't have the money. Uh-huh. And so I went. And uh, at the time, my girlfriend, she bought John's program, which um, was called Having It All. It was like way back when it was just like in a binder with a whole bunch of sheets of paper. There was no like branding to it. And so she bought that for 200 bucks. And I, I really fell in love with his material. And then he launched a program at the time. It was 6000 uh, It was $3,000 for six months of group coaching. And I, I, the only money I had left at that time was $10,000 that I had locked away in a savings account that I literally had to sign off to pull it out. And I thought, I'm going to do this. Like, I got, I've got to do this. I just knew. I just knew. Like, for any of you watching, you just have that intuitive gut feeling. I just knew. So I took the risk, you know, and I went for it. And um, had so much resistance come up, put the money down, got signed up, and completely transformed my life. And if I didn't lean into that fear, if I didn't take that risk that was so scary, I knew I was going to regret it. And I didn't want to live in regret. So I'm like, let's go for it. And you know, here's the thing with money, guys. Money comes and goes. Comes and goes. It's abundant. You can create money within a very quick time frame if you believe it. So I was like, let's go for it. And I did it. And so you just got to lean into your fear. Oh, I just got chills, man. I'm, I'm thinking about you signing off on the last money you have to your name at the bank. And then you went for it. And I'm feeling like a lot of people that make transformations in their life have to jump off the cliff. Um, there's, there's a famous quote where it's like you jump and then you kind of create the parachute on the way down. <laughs> and I think that's what everyone has to go through. I want to talk about these five pieces. One of them was meaning. Uh, the money is neutral piece. Talk to me about how you formulated this belief, this number one meaning where we humans we're the only ones that give this money meaning or energy. Okay, so everyone listening, think of the first thing that comes up for you when I say the word money. Okay, and, and sit with that. So 
Josh, did anything come up? I was actually thinking of big stacks of $100 bills. <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> okay, of big good. stacks of $100 bills on like a granite countertop. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So you're visual. Yeah. Some people will see things, they'll hear things, but you know, you have a really great relationship because you've been doing so much work on yourself and, um, but everyone has a different relationship with money. So that's how you, one of the ways you can find out the meaning that you're giving money because everything in the universe is neutral. Until we give it a meaning. We were talking about you doing the Vipassana meditation and being the observer. And that's what we do. We, we're just the observer. But because like 96 to 98% of our perceptions, our behaviors, our thoughts, our habits are controlled by our subconscious or our, our unconscious, is we're not really perceiving things as they actually are. We're perceiving them how we've been taught to perceive them for the most part. So when it comes into money, it's like when you pull out your credit card or cash or your, your, your debit, whatever, to pay for groceries, you're instantly having chemicals be released into your body that give you a feeling around paying for those groceries. And that feeling could be fear. Or it could be excitement. It could be a whole different things. It could be, shoot, do I have enough money in the account? How much money am I spending? What's the cost of the cereal? You know, what's the cost of the almond milk? You know, all of those things. Or is it like, I can afford all this, no big deal. You know, run it through. I don't even have to think about it. And there's a feeling of peace of mind. So every single thing in the universe is neutral. And then we give it a meaning based on our experiences from our past in our life. Mm, so powerful, man. Number two is this relationship. I love, this is my favorite one. You said, what would you do if you were dating money? How would you treat it? And what would your relationship be with money? Yeah, I've had so many people tell me funny things. I love that analogy. I, I had uh, one woman tell me once that, um, she's making out with her money. Like they're full on just going at it, making out. <laughs> no one to like disinfect it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, think about it because it's your relationship with money because, because money's an energy. So it's your, it's like, how do you treat it when you log into your bank account? You know, how do you treat it when you get paid? You know, I had one woman tell me she's really frustrated when she came to me because um, the money that she, she earns, a lot of it goes to bills or it goes to her mortgage. And then there's really not a lot left for her to do fun things. And so when the money would come in, she works full time. When the money would come in, she get paid. She'd be so frustrated at the money she just got paid. So her relationship with money is that like it, she had a resent, she was resentful towards it, even though it's money coming her way. And that, that was literally blocking her from receiving money in abundant ways. So we started to open it up, started to work with her, and her, her whole life's changing. She's looking at selling her house and traveling all around the world right now. Wow. Was that one of your proudest stories? I mean, do you feel, I, I can feel oh, your energy so from that story. I mean, she's been in this home for 14 years. Yeah. So, you know, it's like the shifts start to happen really quick when we look at our relationship. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm proud of all my clients. I love all my clients. I have, um, you know, another one who came, a woman who came to me, hated her job, hated the fluorescent lighting in her workplace. She couldn't handle that, like going in, because she, she's a free spirit. Mm. She loves to do things outdoors. She loves to travel and explore. She couldn't handle being locked inside of a, a, a building with fluorescent lighting. So anyway, she had this really passion to help people with their health. And uh, she created this amazing uh, business around binge eating. And so we got her in a few short months, broke her free, changed her belief system around money, changed her belief system around herself, her self-worth, her self-esteem, her power and her confidence and her voice. And now she, she has this business doing multiple six figures a year and she's doing what she loves. And it's just, it's very cool to see what happens when we change our relationship with money. This is a perfect transition. Number three, you talk about purpose, really big. Money loves a purpose, especially one bigger than you. You referenced your client who's connected to her purpose. Talk about the purpose piece, man. I mean, for everyone listening, 
why do you want to make more money? Like, what's the, what's the purpose behind it? Not, not just for make money, but like when you really tap into what we talked about earlier, what's the essence? Because money's an energy, right? Money's an energy. So if you have, if you were running a business right now, so let's say you were doing what you love and you had an assistant and you, let's just say an assistant, let's not go employees. Let's say you had an assistant. If you were not telling your assistant what to do, if you were not delegating, if you were not leading your assistant, you're actually doing your assistant a disservice because she's there to support you. So by you or he, by you giving her like, you know, by you giving her work to do and you connecting with her on that level, it's giving her a purpose. And so it's fulfilling something that she enjoys doing. Like she may really love being a secretary or an assistant. And, and the same thing goes with money. If you aren't giving your money a purpose, right? If you aren't being intentional with it, it's like when money comes into your bank, yeah, you got, you probably got to pay some bills. I pay bills too. And when I pay bills, I pay them in a state that if I'm going to pay my cell phone bill, let's say, and it's, I think I pay like 130 or 50 bucks a month. So if I'm going to pay my cell phone bill, when I make that, it actually gets just like taken off my credit card. So I don't, that's another tip for you guys. If you want to stay focused on abundance, just put everything on auto payments. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to even look at your bills. Does anyone do paper bills anymore? No, Honestly. I don't. <laughs> okay. So who does that? Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. But, but that, anyways. that I found works really well, um, is to just put everything on auto and just let it do its thing. So, but anyways, when I get the email notification, so when that comes through, I literally connect what my money just did with people. So I don't connect that I just paid a cell phone bill because that doesn't excite me. I'm grateful for the service. I connect that I just paid 150 bucks and that money goes into that company that is going to pay their employees, that is going to put food on the table for their employees and their kids and their family and a roof over their head. So I connect with the essence of how that's giving back to people. And then also that allows me to receive this wonderful service of having a cell phone bill. If you have a goal, like any goals or intentions, let's say you want a vacation or you want to whatever, do something nice for yourself, buy a new purse. I don't know. <laughs> you want to get some new, some new protein powder, any, anything, right? Set the goal down, like set the intention down and tap into the essence again of what the feeling would be like to already have achieved that thing. Because then you're connecting with, you're not just going about taking action just to make money to achieve this goal. You're actually tapped into the essence and the feeling. And from there, I mean, that's what magnetizes manifestation. It's the feeling. Everything in the universe is feeling-based. So you have to tap into the essence and the feeling of what the money will do for you and give it a purpose based on your essence, the feelings you're craving. It's not just positive thinking. It's a shift in perspective. It's a conscious shift in perspective. On one hand, you could look at it as a bill. Oh, I have to pay my assistant. Oh, I have to pay my phone. On the other hand, you could say, I am doing this because it allows me to serve the people that I serve. I love this, man. And it goes into number four because you number four on these positive beliefs that'll get people into being in the flow of having money is to give first, to give to others what we first wish for ourselves. Talk about that one. Yeah, because giving and receiving is actually the same thing. So here's the thing. I believe we're all one. I believe everything is interconnected. Even though we're physically separate, it goes back to mind, body, soul. I believe all minds are joined. I believe we're all connected spiritually wise. So if you give to another, you are actually giving to yourself in return. And what you, what you give away has to come, that energy has to come back to you. So this is the paradox. If you are a complete asshole, <laughs> okay? And you're like, I heard, I heard, just, I heard this story I was um, watching the other day because like they're talking about the internet and how it's like, it's just, 
it's so open. It's so authentic now because you can, you know, they're talking about trolls and people on Reddit and, and saying really nasty thing and bullying people. And uh, what happened with this guy, this guy was at work and he was like totally bullying on these people. And um, <clears throat> I don't know what happened, but these two, these two or three guys went behind the proxies and they found the IP address and they found where this guy was working and they got him fired. Because he was literally like hanging out on work hours, bullying and saying really nasty things, right? Hmm. So if, you, if you're in a state of fear or worry or doubt or you are rude to people, I'd say most of your audience are probably very kind, loving people, right? But if you're in a state of fear, that energy will just come right back your way. So if you shift out of that, if you're aware of that and you go, okay, cool, but let me shift into a different state of love and abundance and joy and kindness and you give that to other people. Like people say to me all the time, oh, I, like, let me, let me give you some examples. People come to me and they say they want to feel like they have more purpose. They want to have more passion. They want to feel like they, they, they're more alive, right? They want to feel like they're excited about life and they have meaning and purpose in this lifetime. If you want that and the feeling for you is purpose, the feeling for you is excitement, it's being alive, then go and help other people feel that. Go, go on, like, this is what I'm doing with you guys right now. I'm just paying it forward and I'm so grateful to be here. It's like, when you go get your Starbucks, your coffee, pay that person a compliment. So, oh my gosh, like, you know, I love your smile or I love your, I love your necklace. I love your watch. Your hair looks so great. Or mm-hmm. how are you today? But you from know? a place of genuineness, not just saying it because you have to or something. No, yeah. yeah. And, and give them a feeling of joy. Give them a feeling of bliss. Because if you do that, you're going to feel bliss. And then you start to magnetize that back into your life. So give away what you want for yourself. If you want more money, you know, go, go help other people feel the essence of why you want more money. So if you want more joy, happiness, love, um, you want more uh, creativity, go help other people feel that same way in their life. And that will come back to you. Ryan, this is why I feel like you're so in the space of living your purpose, man, because I truly feel that from you. I feel like you're a giver. I feel like you're a born giver. And number five is complete though. And this is the hard one for a lot of people, man. And that is receiving complete the law of giving and receiving a lot of people that are empathic or just givers. They're great at what they do, but receiving is the hardest part. Talk about this and how you came through growing that strength of receiving. Isn't this one of the hardest things? It's the hardest. It's like, I believe it it is. And I still like when I have, um, my clients payments roll through every month, I have, I literally sit and receive every time an email comes through a notification. You know, we just launched the summit, the soul wealth summit and a whole bunch of incredible people purchased the bundle. And I'm so honored, like so deeply. And every time, like this morning, another payment rolled through at $97. And I, I sat there in Starbucks and I just stared at the person's name for about a minute. And I just, it was on my iPhone and I'm just looking at it and I'm just receiving this so deeply that that person pulled out their credit card to purchase something online and they trust me enough to do that. That blows me away and I'm honored. I'm so deeply honored. So I receive that and uh, I move into that space, but that wasn't always easy for me to do. Like it was, it was very much like sit down at dinner, if any of you guys do this and the bill comes and someone's like, oh, I got it. And you're like, no, I got it. No, I got it. <laughs> starts, starts a whole confrontation, right? <laughs> you yeah. should you should come to Canada. We are way too nice up here. Okay, <laughs> we, we are we are so kind. Um, there's you know sometimes we're, I think we're a little bit too much of people pleasers, mm. and so the receiving pieces is, is so hard because receiving anything, receiving money, receiving a hug, receiving somebody that wants to be with you, 
yeah. um, receiving a, a wonderful conversation with your coworker, receiving anything. It's sometimes very challenging because we have to learn to receive love. And a lot of us have a very hard time with that because when we were growing up, we didn't feel we got the love that we really wanted or needed. And so, you know, as Tony Robbins says, whose love did you crave more growing up, mom or dad? Right. And, and what did you want from them? Really, what did you want from them? And so when it comes to this idea of receiving, when someone is willing to show us their currency of love and everybody has a whole different currency of love. Some people are physical. They want to hug. Some people will give you money. Like if your parents, if one of your parents gives you money for your birthday or for Christmas or whatever, that's their currency to show you they love you. Mm. And so you have to learn and adapt and see how people exchange the energy of love. And so when it comes to receiving, what we have a really hard time with sometimes is going, wow, this person actually really loves me. And I don't know if I love myself enough to receive that love. Ryan, so powerful, man. Did you feel like you just practiced it imperfectly or was there one event or person or thing that you focused on to be a better receiver? Well, here's the thing with receiving. It's feminine energy. Okay. So the, you ha we all have both. We all have masculine and feminine. And I was always hyper-masculine, hype, like super-masculine. And so it's like, I don't care about my emotions. I'm just focused, linear, driven, goal-orientated, very external, going to get this done. And what changed my life is when I balanced out my feminine energy, which is your expression, your flow, your creativity, um, you know, your spontaneity. I'll, I'll give you an example. The masculine and feminine both accomplish things. Uh, they just do it in a different way. So for me, why I could work you know, and not receive from my passion, like my core passion, uh, money, was because I just had this really bad relationship with my feminine. I just, like, just didn't think it was powerful. Um, so like my girlfriend, Chris, I'll give you an example. When I clean the house, okay, I, we have with this beautiful 4,000-square-foot home, and you know, I enjoy cleaning, so we'll, we'll tag team it and clean the rooms. But when I clean, I have a system. Right, like I started the room room A, finish that room Z, and I have a process that I do. And then when I'm done, I clean everything up, and we're good. When Chris cleans the house, it is so chaotic, and she's so feminine, and she's so all over the place that she'll actually stop cleaning, leave the vacuum in the middle of the room, the cords lying all over the place. It'll lie. It, the <laughs> vacuum will sit there for like five hours, and she's like doing something else. And I'm like, honey, are you finished cleaning? Oh no, I got to do one more room. I'm like, the vacuum's been sitting there for like five hours. <laughs> so anyways, the, just to, just, uh, the feminine just does things in different ways. So it's learning that you have to, our, our whole world is very hyper-masculine, especially in North America. We're more balanced in the East, but we're starting to become more balanced. So it's learning to embrace the feminine. It's learning to bring that within you. And so what happened for me, Josh, is my moment came actually in nature. So I was, I was out on a walk. And uh, my coach, Anne, what she wanted me to do is she wanted me to start receiving. She's the one that helped me start to receive. She's the one that opened, opened me up to my feminine. Mm. And I've been working with her for years. And so I was on a walk. I was in, is in the forest. And there's this really incredible creek. And the water was rushing down. It was like white, raging water. And I sat there and I just stared at the beauty of this creek. And I was like blown away. And then all of a sudden, I could feel this connection to it of actually receiving the beauty of nature, of actually receiving the creek, watching it and the power of it and the beauty of it. And I deeply, deeply within my heart, not my head, okay, because your masculine lives in your head, your feminine lives in your heart. I deeply received it in my heart. And I could feel it. And, and this is the bizarre thing. As soon as I moved into the space of receiving with my heart, my business blew up. I couldn't keep up with the clients that were coming in. 
and the um, people that were wanting heart-based transformation. And so I know from my own personal life, as soon as I opened up from dropping from my head to my heart, that's when I was able to receive. I'm thinking of this quote from one of the early people in the 60s. He was the father of wellness. I'll link it in the show. But he said, the currency of wellness is connection. Oh, I love it. And I loved how you talked about the currencies and you made that metaphor because when we look at human connection, what you did is you connected with nature, which then allowed you to connect with more humans because yeah. everybody's starving, Ryan. I don't know if you feel this in your practice. Everyone listening, I know you guys feel this because we've talked about it a lot. People are starving for real connection. We're starving for human connection in this age of technology where we're constantly going to our phones and our calendars. This currency of wellness is connection. Ryan, this has been so much fun, man. We're transitioning to the last part of the show. This is seven fast questions for oh, seven mind-blowing answers. <laughs> now, this is a surprise. I didn't tell you what these were. Are you ready? I, I think I'm ready. Bring it on, brother. What's the thing in life that makes you most laugh? What makes you laugh out loud? My dog, Hudson. He's a little miniature dashing. <laughs> so funny. What's one of the biggest things that happened for you in life that you see as one of your greatest lessons? Oh, God, so many. You know, honestly, when I, it, it was a moment when I was in crisis, when I was, you know, about to take my life, that was one of the biggest beautiful moments of my life. Do you feel like looking back that the number one thing you pulled from it is the preciousness of life? Or I mean, what'd you pull from that? hundred percent. I, I pulled that life is pretty darn amazing. And there's an intelligence you can call it the universe, God, divine, you know, source, whatever that flows through everything and everyone. And I, in that moment, I fully tapped into it and I've carried that with me since that experience years ago. Damn, man. I'm glad that you're here. I mean, I'm glad that nothing happened. So you, well, I'm you glad have this I'm valuable gift. That's awesome. <laughs> what about life gives you the most awe? I mean, what do you feel the most grateful for in life that you get to experience? You know, I think it just, it, for me, it's, it's the essence of being in the present moment. It's this beautiful experience of being in the present and, and feeling the connection through people. Just right now, Josh, being here with you. This is, this is what brings me joy. This is what brings me happiness is, is when I feel deeply connected to the work I do and the people around me. If you had the power to literally be on every television set, radio in the entire country, the total media takeover, would you share a certain message? What would that be? What would you tell America if every ear and eye was listening and hearing you for like one minute? You need to be gentle on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Don't be so hard on yourself and, and give yourself some credit, some credit for for just how far you've come. Someone's listening right now. They're inspired because I know I am, man. There's been times where my hair has stood up on my arms and they're listening to the talk. And what can they do tonight, though, to start this transformation about changing money beliefs tonight or tomorrow morning? I would go write a letter to your money. I would go get an actual piece of paper, not your phone. <laughs> go get an actual piece of paper and a pen or a journal and write a letter to what your relationship with money looks like. And anything you want to tell it, treat it as an actual being, like an actual person or an entity, and, and have an open communication with it. You can even take like a $20, $50, $100 bill and put it beside yourself while you're writing it, just to connect with that energy, and, uh, and, have a relate, and have a conversation with a letter and write everything out about what's going on between you and your money. What is a mantra or message that you might tell yourself if life presents you a struggle or a roadblock? <sighs> My favorite one is I am safe. I am safe and I am supported. I am safe and I am supported. That's, that's for me when I'm uncomfortable, like, you know, if I'm doing something that's really scary or I feel unsafe, I just have to go back to I'm safe, I'm supported, and I know the universe and life supports me. 
I felt really calm when you said that. Good, so did I. <laughs> that was very calming. <laughs> Hopefully someone driving like pulled over and they felt that. Last question. I ask everyone this question. I'm so excited to hear your answer. And it's what is wellness? If you had to define wellness, what's your personal definition of wellness? A state of being. A state of being. And that could be whatever. That could be present. That could be peaceful. That could be powerful. To me, it's a state of being. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. This has been an incredible conversation. I know that people are going to get value from this for years. We're going to link everything at wellnessforce.com slash money. Tell us about your projects, though. I know you just wrapped up the Soul Wealth Summit. What else do you have that you're most excited about? And where can people get more of Ryan? Yeah, you can go to my site, which is ryanucomi.com. And yeah, we just wrapped up the Soul Wealth Summit. Um, and we're going to actually have that posted live so you can go and purchase all of the replays. There's 27 interviews that I basically, uh, what Josh, what you and I just did, I went and did with 27 other people as well. So super high value. And it's all about how to turn your soul's passion into a rich and thriving business that awakens the world. And then as far as projects, I've got a lot of stuff going on right now with new programs coming out. I'm writing my first book. Um, but one thing I'm really excited about is we are launching a group program called the School of Soul Wealth coming into the new year. So keep a lookout for that. We, we're going to be launching all the details very soon. And we're going to be putting probably about somewhere between, you know, maybe 30, somewhere might cap it at 40 people in that group. So it'll be a really intimate, connected group and um, going to be really helping people step into their passion and live their purpose. Because the way I look at it is if you're going to have to make money, because in this world, yeah, you're going to have to, you might as well <laughs> do something you love, right? Oh, um, man. So, so I'm really going to, myself and Chris, we're going to be mentoring people through that program. But what I want to do for everyone who's listening, um, if anybody wants some processing, they want to change their money beliefs, they want to let go of some blocks, and you, you want to plan to move forward to create the new story and the new beliefs, what I'd love to do is offer, and this is a limit to the first five people, just because of my time, um, a free complimentary 20-minute breakthrough coaching call. So I'll personally do the call with you. Um, everything we talk about is kept between us. Um, it's a very safe, non, non-judgmental environment. And I know you're going to have a tremendous breakthrough. So it's just the first five people, Josh, um, a 20-minute complimentary call. So, so thankful for you doing that. Now, I know three friends that listen to the show. So you guys, there's probably only two spots left by the time you hear this. So definitely, Ryan, thank you for that. Thank you for what you do, man. I want to acknowledge the passion and the on-fireness that you have around this purpose of giving people a better relationship with money, man. I know it's something that I've worked on a lot in my life. And I believe that if we're going to have wellness, we get to have financial health as well. The two go hand in hand. So thank you so much, man, for just this mission you lead in life. Yeah, it's thank you so much for having me, Josh. Such an honor. That is a wrap for episode 79 with Ryan Yokomi. I have to tell you, like after this episode, I listened to it a few times on my own. And it's very rare that I go through and listen to the episode a couple times. But there were some incredible gems that I want to talk about here in the show wrap up. To review those five positive beliefs that you must have to get into this money flow. Number one being meaning. Realize that money is essentially neutral. We create the meaning and give it the energy. Number two relationship. Have that healthy relationship with money. How would you treat your money if you were dating it? Number three, purpose. Money loves a purpose, especially one bigger than you. What is the reason as to why you want more money in your life? Number four, giving. Giving what we wish for ourselves to other people. So if we want more money, joy, and travel, then we must give that to other people first. And then lastly, complete. Participate in this law of giving and receiving and get to be a better receiver. 
You know, it's hard for me sometimes in life before I did some trainings and even occasionally now for me to just be that receiver. And I got to say, number five is the big one. So today, when you're out in life, practice receiving. Like when someone gives you a compliment, say, I received that. And it actually feels pretty good. All the show notes from today can be found at wellnessforce.com slash money. Ryan was kind enough and generous enough to give five of the Wellness Force Radio audience members a 20-minute coaching session with him. You can find that at the show notes for wellnessforce.com slash money. Support Wellness Force Radio with your powerful voice. Leave a five-star review for iTunes so that other people can feel what you felt today. Go to wellnessforce.com slash review, and I'll make sure to read your voice live on the iTunes airwaves. Now, All that's left to do is go out and create an abundantly amazing day with all the inspiration and energy you felt from Ryan and all the other guests we've had on the show. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness 